Yeah, so after he pulled me out, or during, should I say, because during the process of me transitioning out of that ministry, things were going haywire. Um, that was in 2018. Um, things were getting crazy. Um, during that time, we were leaving our uh, place of residence in uh, Delaware at the time, and we were transitioning to our new home. And um, before we can transition uh, into our new home, we had to wait a month or two, I believe. And um, when that happened, things were just crazy. Our, our vehicle started acting up. Uh, he, my husband, as I say he, my husband, the job got rocky for him at that particular time. Um... Because the car wasn't holding up, we were too uh, too far from the job at the time that he was working at. We were out in Pennsylvania, and um, getting back to Delaware could be a bit <clears throat> excuse me could be uh, a bit of a hassle because of the time frame and the time of day you're trying to get there, and traffic alone. <laughs> can impact your schedule and uh, cause uh, time strengths where you are kind of in a jam trying to get there. So the job basically did not hold up for him. And they knew the situation, but however, they're going to go where, you know, people are able to step in and do it, you know, basically a business move. They're going to take a business route. Everyone knows how business is ran. You're going to go with business, not personal. You know, not you know, not to knock anyone or not to upset anyone. That's their feelings, you know. Whatever, whatever. We're gonna go with a business move instead of a personal move. Your personal issues has nothing to do with our business. And that's what happened. So, moving right along, the car was acting full and we were just transitioning from our home, trying to find another home and now mind you the reason we were moving we and each and every time we get to a place we're told uh, by the, the young man we were in uh, ministry with who was my leader that uh, hey the most high said you're moving again get ready to move and sometimes I, I never doubt or never uh, confront anything that he says I just say okay well father oh, wow we just got here uh, never leaving so you know I look at it that way like wow the most high is just moving trying to push us into purpose and I just look at it like that so when we were moving it was like hey why are you guys moving why don't you just stay another year and I'm like uh, okay you just told us don't get too comfortable we're about to move this was during I believe the grand opening <laughs> so I'm like you just told us that we're moving now you said you asked me why don't I just renew the lease and I'm like we were in this mind frame of following the Most High and obeying the Prophet, and uh, I don't get it. Now you're saying don't move. It's a little too late now because I signed the papers for us to 
basically leave and not renew the lease, okay? And um, once you do that, they put it on the market for someone else to come and take over, you know? But um, so we wound up staying at my mother's residence and trying to get back to a place of our own. But it was no more than two months, so we were fine. But, uh, however, um, during that process, we were still attending um, services before I transitioned out. And when I stopped going, my husband continued to go. So he still had an ongoing good fit, a fairly good relationship with him because they were still good friends. And uh, I didn't want to come in between that. My personal feelings had nothing to do with your personal feelings, though I am your wife. And, you know, you know how decency and order is at home and decency and order in the church and however and so ever. But um, I still didn't want to come in between their relationship just being who I am. That's not my, that's not my personality. But, um, however, he stayed and I, uh, I left. But I still, you know, supported him in his right to stay, you know, and supported him in him, um, having his friends back in his in his ministry you know I still respected that and I hope that he hears this and know that I pushed him to continue to go and support that man of God regardless of my personal feelings you know um but he did that and um he was prophesied to that he would uh soon and start you know soon branch off and start his own thing and he was telling the the congregation that he's going to leave soon because he's got work to do and the most high is calling him to the forefront and he's going to come off those drums and so on and so forth and these are things that come home and tell me and he'll be he'll tell me in excitement like man you got to hear the, the prophecy that uh, uh, uh my pastor gave me today i'm like okay all right and i heard it and i was like wow that's deep hold on to those prophecies and make sure that you fulfill them because you have an obligation as well you know you have um um, a responsibility to that word. Make sure that you do what you have to do to make sure that thing comes forth. You know, but um, so after that, um, as time progressed, he was still going to the ministry and I was no longer there, as you know. And then, um, my mother, uh, helped us. I would say she, I guess, had her friend help us move. He had a nice truck to help us get all, gather all our, gather all of our uh, belongings to a new place of residence. So we went back to Delaware and we got a new place, and everything was everything. And um, uh, yeah, I was no longer there. But let me say this: he wanted to speak to me face to face after I was no longer there. Okay. He came in the car and he drove and he wanted to speak to me and I um, I got in the car and basically in a nutshell he said I was charged to stay and charged to be in that ministry and that I had no right to leave regardless of my feelings now let me say this I wanted to stay regardless of what was going on but the most high kept intervening and telling me to leave I can't sit here or stand here because I'm actually standing at this moment I cannot stand here and say I'm going to let you override or let any man override with thus say of the most high is saying unto me I cannot do that because that places me in a bad place with the Elohim and I'm like for so long I ignored him saying leave and as 
uh, I ignored it, things got worse. How many of us know that when you ignore the voice of the Most High, things get worse for you? All hell breaks loose, and, and, and I... I couldn't stay up under that anymore because I knew he was allowing so much to happen. Because he's like, come on, what did I tell you? Regardless of your feelings, regardless of your friendships, if you put anything or anyone above me, then guess what, daughter? You're not worthy of me. And that's Bible. And I was putting things before him, friendships and all kinds of things before him. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I don't want to be in a bad place with you. Let me leave and do what you're telling me to do. Because we know that obedience is better than sacrifice. Get up and do what he's telling you to do. So I did. And after me doing that, I was ridiculed about that. So him actually coming to my house, my new home, my new place of residence, and he was just like, you are charged to be in this ministry regardless of what you feel and um, who cares about what's going on in the ministry. You are charged to get up and sing no matter what's going on. And I understand and I respect what he's saying. Yes, regardless, you shouldn't let nothing run you off. But I wasn't ran off. I was told to leave, step off, because he was doing something. There was something he needed me to hear. And how could I hear that when I was fighting demons every time? I came to the ministry. I was fighting. So it was like, okay, you're being distracted when I need you to hear strategically everything I am saying to you to the point you have to write down everything I'm saying to you because something is coming. Something is coming. And I'm like, okay, this is serious, you know. So um, during that process of the new place we were in, I was just in a place of consecration. And I never had to be forced into consecration because that was my life period I wasn't a big music listener I wasn't big on the world dressing like the world singing the worldly songs doing the worldly things so there was never a force to push me into consecration that was just the way I live and I say live because I still live that way and I even push friends away because where I'm going and my mindset you don't fit into that and I would never put anything or anyone above my walk with him. So my consecrated life means everything to me. No matter who I have to leave. No matter whose feelings I bruise. It's just you don't respect what I'm doing and where I'm going. Then we have to part ways. And that's how I feel. And um, so during the process of our year lease. I was just meditating, reading, fasting, and getting things together because I felt like we had to move again. <laughs> we had to move again. and um, But I will say we got to the month of May of 2019 because we were finally in our new place. And we moved to our new place by, I would say, um, early 2019, late 2019, around that time. And uh, it was just time for us to uh, get ready to roll out again. We, are, we were going to finish our lease there and uh, find some words to go. And um, so by May of 2019, I had a crazy dream that I deemed to be demonic. This is what I thought. It was demonic, right? So um, 
the dream consisted of me being in a new home. And I'm like, okay, well, is it about this home? Because we just got here. Is it about here? But it, it showed me a second story, um, uh, two story home. But we were, it was a duplex. In other words, it was a duplex. We lived on the top floor. And we had the door that leads straight to steps. You open the door, there's a stairwell going straight to our, our uh, upper level of the building. So um, I was getting my son's clothes together, my youngest son, and I was getting him together and getting his clothes and on my way to go down the steps. I said, you know what, I'm going to you know, put the rest of his clothes on in the car because we were on our way out, maybe somewhere uh, to a mall or whatever. I don't know where we were headed, but we were headed somewhere. So at the last minute, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Let me go back upstairs. I'll just put his clothes on upstairs. That way is more room on the couch or a bed so I can lay him down in case he squirms. That was just my thought as a mother. Like, let me just, we had those last minute thoughts as mothers. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to change him in the car. I'm going to go upstairs. So I, as, as I turned around, I was walking up the steps. I reached the top step and I was walking towards the living room. And that's right outside the living room. This angelic being was looking straight into the window. Like his head was at the level of the top of my window, of the window frame. That's how tall he was. He was huge. And he was of like a black ethnicity. And I was like, okay, he's a black angel, tall, kind of muscular built with this grin, grin reaper mask on. His eyes look bloodshot red. And he's mad. And he has like this grim reaper axe type thing in his hand. And I'm like, what is it? Why he's staring at me? So he was staring directly at my face, staring directly in my eyes with fury. And I'm like, okay, what did I do? I mean, I've been nothing but good. It's like, <laughs> no, I haven't been nothing but good, but we all go through our little ups and downs, but I haven't done nothing that's worthy of death. I mean, good God. So I'm like, uh, what did I do? So, you know, I'm just like, wow. And it's funny because my son... And when I went to, when I got to the living room, as I'm seeing this angel, my son Gabriel was playing on a video game in the living room. He did not even notice that there's an angel there staring in the window, staring at me. But long story short, I, I woke up from the dream and I was in tears because it was just that devastating. Like it was just that heavy to me. When I woke up, I said, whoa, what did I do? And when I woke up, I woke up to a gloomy day, and I heard nothing but crows, nothing but crows crowing loudly outside. I'm like, whoa, I hear crows. It's a dark, gloomy day. This is also signifying what went on in my dream, as in to say in my waking life, death, death, death. And I thought about um, my family members or who could it be? Father, please keep them all. And I just started praying for people. I'm like, oh, my grandfather, who could it? You know, I'm just thinking about everybody. And I'm like, oh, Father, please don't take, you know, my loved ones. Or don't even, don't take me. I'm, I, listen, I have a heart of repentance. I'll repent for whatever it is. And, and my husband said to me, he said, no, this isn't about you. I don't know who it's for, but it's not about you. 
mind you, this is May of year 2019. The Most High warned me of what was to come. He was letting me know. He said, I do nothing before I reveal it to my prophets. So he let me know death was on the land. And that's what the dream represented. The angel of death came to let me know, prophet, prophetess, and I'm going to say it this way, no matter who I offend, you got to know who you are. For so long, I did not want to call myself that. I'm not wrapped up in titles, never will be, but I have so many people tell me, if this is who you are, walk in it. If this is who you are, claim it. If this is who you are, say it. No matter what anyone thinks or feels of concerning you, this is who you are. Forget their feelings. Own it, walk in it, and excel in it. And, and that's what I'm choosing to do. So, he looked me in my face as to say without any words, spirit to spirit, <laughs> I'm here. And the Most High said, before I do anything to see you and to let you know and let others know, because as I see you, I'm seeing other prophets and prophetesses and letting them know I'm on the land. Woe be unto the inhabitants of this land, for I am here and I'm claiming. You're claiming souls. And that's exactly what he did. Did we not go right into a pandemic come 2019? 2020, not 2019, 2020. Mind you, the coronavirus was already on the land in 2019. Nobody knew about that. Nobody knew about that. It was announced in 2020, but it was already here in 2019. And bodies began to drop. After having that dream, crows were everywhere signaling death. Death was everywhere. And I'm like, wow, people were dropping like flies. And every news station, whether they were accurate or inaccurate, but they were reporting thousands and thousands of people, people's Lord, people dying. And I said, whoa. Wow. Wow. The title of this... I don't know yet, <laughs> but um, all I could say was, wow, things are really getting heated. Mm.